everybody, this is Leslie. And this is B. And you're listening to Get In Shit Faced, a podcast where two friends across the country from each other get together over drinks and talk about our favorite show, Shit's Creek. This week we're recapping the season three episodes, opening night, The Thruple and New Car. B, how's life this week? I mean, I may have jinxed myself last week on this podcast because I literally said, everything is going great. Cases are down here, but you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And literally the next day we had an outbreak, <laughs> which got under control pretty quickly. So um, I've just been staying home. What about you? My big thing is I had a haircut this week. <gasps> that was very exciting. That is exciting. It had been more than four months, and I normally go religiously every four weeks. So <laughs> It had been four months of professional haircuts. You have been doing your own, though. <laughs> I did use the clippers on it a few times when it started to drive me absolutely bananas. Um, their whole like website had all their precautions outlined and everything. Everybody has to wear masks. You have to get your temp taken when you show up. You gotta use hand sanitizer, all that. So I was like, I feel like this is safe enough i can i can go i probably won't go again for several months until it you know gets really bad again but it was good it was good i was glad i went and my hair feels so much nicer now so little taste of normalcy and now you know back into hibernation basically (laughs) (laughs) but luckily we have this tv show to watch that's true so we're in season three the beginning of season three so after the I would call maybe the top cold opening, uh, definitely of Schitt's Creek, but maybe of all time. Uh, we find the roses making moves. Johnny struggles to get a new business venture off the ground. Uh, Moira makes a splash at her first town council meeting. Uh, David and Stevie find themselves dating the same set of abs in a tank top, <laughs> but, draw- <laughs> but draw the line at becoming a thruple with him. Uh, Johnny continues weighing his career options after Screamnastics falls through, um, but he's clearly not waiter material. <laughs> and Moira and Alexis Trout, some new mother-daughter bonding, having lunch together. But by new car, the family gains a new set of wheels, and David learns how to be there for Stevie in a crisis just like a good friend should. And this week's drink, in honor of our favorite little sexy Susan is called, very appropriately, The Black-Eyed Susan. (laughs) I found this one and I was like, well, obviously this has to be the choice, right? So this one's for you, Ted. Um, It is vodka, light rum, triple sec, pineapple juice, and orange juice, and it's garnished with a lime wedge and a cherry. Super citrusy and summery. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm on my the bottom of my second one. <laughs> um, let's start with opening night and the cold open. Ugh. To end all cold opens. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> There's so many ridiculous things about it. Every single line is perfect. Every delivery is perfect. Every facial expression is perfect. <laughs> Every, like, character is perfectly in their character. (laughs) Shocked about what's happening. Not even, not shocked, but, like, reacting. Mm -hmm. Exactly how that character should react. And my favorite, potentially, is Johnny Rose. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it might be the best scene in the entire show. Wow. 
That's bold. <laughs> the hard thing about trying to compare the scenes in the show, which I discovered more with yes. if you're trying to compare the closings than the openings. The, the cold mm-hmm. opens tend to be funny, pretty pretty standard. Yeah. That's what they're going for. Um, but when you start looking at the show as a whole, obviously there's a good mix of like emotional scenes and funny mm-hmm. scenes, and it's sometimes hard to compare those. So hard to say for sure, but at least on the funny side, this really might be the best scene of the yeah. whole show. <laughs> I would give you that. Yep. Um, and I like that it's not like overtly fun- like it's not like hit you in the face funny no it's but just it's hilarious it's just the roses being themselves uh-huh. getting up to their usual shit and that is always funny <laughs> and orbiting this is just a hot man in a towel <laughs> so just adds to the level of hilarity that's happening <laughs> It's one of those scenes that I think you can show to people to get them invested in the show. Because you don't necessarily need a lot of context to understand it other than, like, this is a family. And they all live in this motel room, these two motel rooms together. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, you you got the whole premise. And you can just see how they all react to one another and what that family dynamic is like. And if you like this, you'll like the show, I think. Yeah. I actually told someone to watch this not too long ago nice. um, because they had tried to watch the first season and it didn't wasn't working out for them. And I was like, well, like, you know, you're trying to like keep going. But I was like, just go watch this one scene. Right. Because I know they were they were kind of there more for the it's like this is the one where people want it to be funny. This is where I send you if you want the like heartwarming of it. I send you to Olive Branch. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but from there. There's a lot going on. A lot going on with David <laughs> and Jake and, and Stevie. Stevie. <laughs> that scene where he walks into the office and, and just their reactions to each other as Jake leaves. Yes. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> Who is getting sloppy seconds? Or sloppy thirds. <laughs> and I just love Jake just moving along through life. Jake is just so chill about everything. <laughs> And I think we can talk about that more in the next episode. Yeah. But I just really admire that about him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I love that it kind of sets up this this dynamic between Stevie and David of like, we're cool, so we're cool. Like, they want to be cool enough for this to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think they both want to think that they're like open and uh, like laid back like Jake. (laughs) Neither one of them is laid back. (laughs) No, no, not at all. No one has said that about either one of those people. (laughs) No. But I do love that we get a glimpse at Jake's workshop out of this. Uh Uh-huh. My favorite part of that, though, is this chair that Jake is working on. It ends up so many places. (laughs) It ends up in Rose of Othcary. Uh-huh. And then it ends up in Patrick's apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure it's just an example of, you know, you got a limited budget, you got a chair, you might right. as well reuse it, right? But I like to think that eventually Jake becomes a vendor at Rose Apothecary. Here's what I think. <laughs> Jake is the kind of person that would be like, oh, I do kind of feel bad how we ended things. Here's this chair, David. <laughs> and David's like, I live in a motel. <laughs> but I'll put it in my new general store. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> might as well make some money off of it, right? <laughs> Yeah, and then Patrick's like, this is a great chair, and I'll buy it from my apartment. And that's, it just keeps going places. Nice. I'll take that. I'll take that. (laughs) I'm going to write a whole backstory for this chair. (laughs) 
but yeah, so they're 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 trying to make this work. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Yeah, very soon. Um, but meanwhile, Johnny is still trying trying to get a business, however vague that is, off the ground in Schitt's Creek and kind of put his family back on the right track. Mm-hmm. It's not going so well. Well, I mean, first of all, he gets kicked out of Bob's garage in favor of Cal, who is running a business. I mean, scamming people, but... Scamming people, but he's doing a good... I mean, he is working he, he his ass off. He Bob, at least. Yeah. <laughs> you see him there. He's putting in the effort, but... um. I mean, if you've lost your office sp- space in Bob's garage, it's pretty, pretty bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> pretty dire, yeah. But I, I always think the scene with him and Amy Grace is interesting. Um, in particular, the the whole name thing. You know, he wants to call her Amy. She insists that her name is Amy Grace and has always been Amy Grace, and he sort of belittles that and mm-hmm. you know makes his own woman well, call me Johnny Michael and it's just it's one of those like sort of weirdly misogynistic uh-huh. <laughs> um, you can see this comes I think from the kind of person that he used to be and you know as a CEO like you just do whatever you want probably right and people respond to that they don't tend to tell you no um and i like that she stands up to him about it mm-hmm. because you know it's it's something simple and straightforward but it's also it's her damn name right <laughs> she deserves to be called by her actual name right even if she did decide later on that's right. what she wants say her full name but right and you know so many men do that like they're teddy when they're little and you know they want to go mm-hmm. by theodore when they're older or whatever you know so why should why should it be yeah. any different if that is what happened in this case or maybe she really was always amy grace and he didn't listen back then yeah because she was a little kid yeah it wasn't important um yeah we saw a little hints of that i think in definitely in the first season about johnny like us going back and rewatching this time around i was like saw like some like say meaner parts of johnny but like they're they're definitely like the not lovely parts of johnny that you think associate with him later on right but i do a i want to see screamnastics in action (laughs) yes and b i have a timeline question of course (laughs) in the scene amy grace says she will circle back with him in six months and johnny says Six months? What about three months? Then we can have a Screamnastics place by Christmas. (laughs) So presumably Christmas is within three to six months away. Is that the Christmas of Merry Christmas, Johnny? (laughs) I can't think about that. I can't think about that. Does it make sense? (laughs) I I legitimately, yeah, I will lose my mind if I think about that. I mean, there's, there's like, there's like the Patrick and David aspect of that, that that wouldn't make sense. But then there's a baby worth of not making sense. (laughs) Yeah, I would guess this would have to be the Christmas before, or I guess the summer before, you know, the summer before the Christmas before Merry Christmas. (laughs) So a year and a half before it. But then that doesn't work, I think, once you start adding in the later seasons. And the timeline references there. There's always just something you have to ignore. You got to pick and choose. So who knows? 
Dan sure doesn't. <laughs> anyway, back to this episode. <laughs> I love, though, you get Johnny coming home drunk from that. You get this lovely conversation with him and Moira. First of all, it's very funny. I think Johnny plays drunk very well. Mm-hmm. Like, Catherine is obviously extremely good at it, but Eugene is quite good. Yeah. But you get this lovely conversation with them where it's clear just how much he's holding on to that that feeling that he needs to be the one to make everything okay for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that even though everyone else is contributing, he just doesn't feel like he's doing enough. And that's a nice little heartfelt moment. Heartfelt moment for him, you know? Yeah. And you get to see a nice look into... Often it's Johnny comforting Moira, right? Moira's the one who sort of devolves into hysterics more often. (laughs) Um, So it's nice to see them return that, that there is that sort of equal footing in their relationship and that she can step up to the plate when she's really needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see where they're really equally matched in this way as well. So, yeah. Um, well, also in this episode, Moira becomes an official town counselor mm-hmm. and she learns a hard lesson that everyone who's ever run a campaign has learned. <laughs> Campaigns are way more fun than governing. Yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get to go out, you get to shake hands, you get to schmooze with people. You get to actually do work once you're elected. <laughs> I know, that's why I only ever worked in campaigns and politics, because <laughs> who wants to do the boring stuff with the laws and things like that? <laughs> it's more fun to shake hands. Uh, but she just thinks it's the same as opening night on a play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's going to show up, going to put in her best performance, make sure she gets the applause that she wants. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work out well for her. Does not. <laughs> Continues on the rest of her career as a town <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel like she learns a little, but yeah. not much. <laughs> not much. And then I think that this is one of my favorite closing scenes, too, especially mm-hmm. on the comedic side of things. Um, so I like how nicely this episode is bookended by that. Um but all of them there with Johnny hungover at the cafe yeah. and Alexis and David just trying to torment him, <laughs> ordering fish and hollandaise sauce and trying to get Twyla to turn up the lights, making loud Cheers. toasts. So good. So good. <laughs> They're such jerks. They are such jerks. And but I love, I love them. them. <laughs> and that's the first episode of the season. I think it starts out like so str- Like you can tell mm-hmm. the show is gunning for it this season yep yep and that takes us right into the thruple Mm -hmm. which is just fun to say (laughs) and we kind of get the continuation of stevie and david and jake yes kind of navigating these two relation two relationships at this point right (laughs) They're not. They're not doing so good at it. <laughs> no, no, I feel like things would be going a little better if David didn't live at the place where Stevie uh-huh. worked. Yeah. Um, but in general, no. It's just things aren't going well for them, and I think even that wouldn't have saved it if that had been different. You know. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think it would. But I, yeah, if they had not been showing, he, if Jake hadn't just been showing up for one of them in the same place the other one lives, right. that might have helped extend things <laughs> right right they might have gotten another week or two out of it <laughs> uh-huh. but it's not very helpful also jake's not really helpful in being like not 
waving. <laughs> like he's, <laughs> he's like, oh, hey. Not being like, not here for you. I dude. mean, to be fair, as far as he knows from what they told him, they're cool with it. So they're cool with really it. They have any reason to suspect that they're not cool with it. I mean, <laughs> I would just say that David said he's not not cool with it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I love Jake, so I'm always <laughs> going to defend him. But I, I do think he sometimes gets a bad rap in that uh-huh. people do think that it's, you know, like unfair that he's dating both of them and that he doesn't really care about people's right. feelings. But I really think that he just, he thinks that they're fine with it. He's fine oh, yeah. with it, obviously. He's very go with the flow and, and nonchalant about the whole thing. Yeah. And they don't object to it once they find out so he just assumes everything's going fine maybe he should be asking more questions sure um you know paying a a little more attention to to nonverbal cues and things but yeah in general i don't think like he's a bad guy he just he just thinks they're fine he has no reason to think otherwise yes and also like as david says later in the series that jake does not put any emotion into this (laughs) situation like and they know that they know that it's not something that he's like hiding from them right um so yeah i think it's more the conflict is on these two people who Mm -hmm. do put emotion into things and are not actually okay with what's happening (laughs) right they're the ones who are failing at the communication to be honest yes Stevie can't even be like upfront. Like she wants David to really understand in her weird, vague way that she's saying that Jake's going to break up with him. A, she reads that situation wrong. B, she can't just come out and say it. Right. <laughs> um, and so, and David's just in David world, <laughs> world over here <laughs> doing his squats, thinking everything's okay. Uh, except that Stevie is around for the situation, but um. Yeah, they're the ones that are kind of all where all the miscommunication lies. And when Jake does have a miscommunication, he owns up to that. <laughs> yeah, and he just, he wants everyone to be fine with whatever they're doing. And so mm-hmm. is the moment that they're not, then fine. We're just, we won't we're do done. that. And it's yeah. all good. He just you lets everything do roll off his back. <laughs> you. <laughs> or in this case, Jake says, I will not do you. <laughs> I just, I really want that energy. Like, how do I get that <laughs> level of nonchalance in my life? Of just being like, yeah, everything's fine. If this is what you want, then cool. If it's not what you want, then cool. Like, how do I get a piece of that? <laughs> how, do, how do I get a piece of that energy? But I mean, also, how do I get a piece of Jake? But <laughs> specifically. <laughs> uh, I love how you're like, I just want to have this energy and i'm like that sounds terrible i mean i don't for me personally no and this is me personally like i envy that that energy exists in the world but i would i mean there's a reason why i feel like i'm way more of a david rose (laughs) (laughs) but see that's the thing is yeah that's the thing is like i am very much you know more of a david rose than a than a jake that's for sure (laughs) uh but it would just you know be nice to have a little bit of that chill (laughs) Mm mm-hmm what else is happening? <laughs> well, you've got Johnny and Twyla working together here um, in the cafe. And first of all, Twyla hurt her leg going whitewater rafting, uh-huh. <laughs> which you wouldn't necessarily think there was probably a lot of around Shit's Creek, but apparently there must be. Well, um, hey, no, no. 
She has a lot of money now we know. She could have, like, jetted off. True. (laughs) But there is a pamphlet for whitewater rafting at the motel. So there must be some somewhere around. And I just, I want to take a minute to just pause and think about all the the pamphlets at the motel. There's whitewater rafting. There's the circus. There is the scenic barns of Elmdale. (laughs) There's the corn festival. I mean... All of these are great. It's such great, like, small town rep because mm-hmm. I went to high school in a town that is definitely bigger than Schitt's Creek, but also a very small town. Um, small town Indiana. And as I'm sure you know, there are lots of corn festivals there. There are there lots, lots of, of scenic festivals. barns. There There's like, a covered bridge festival. Covered bridge festival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, my favorite that I learned of later on in life. But still in Indiana, there is a squirrel hunting festival, <laughs> which I feel like would have been very Shit's Creek. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I just I like the little details like that that really just capture that small town vibe very well. Yep. <laughs> yes. I my favorite is the scenic barn tours of Elmdale because that I always like Shit's Creek could be in Indiana because like we Pretty have much. covered bridges. And people go on tours of them, and there's a whole festival for them. (laughs) Yep. It's great. It's in the autumn. It's very lovely. It is very lovely. But sadly, uh, global warming is ruining it. But anyway. (laughs) Twyla and Johnny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Twyla and Johnny are working together, and it's it's a struggle. (laughs) (laughs) I like that Johnny is getting the opportunity to do that thing that you see talked about a lot, which is that everyone at some point in their life should work in either retail or food service mm-hmm. so they truly understand what it's like. Johnny's getting that experience here. Yeah. And he kind of, I love when he's explaining that all to Twyla mm-hmm. and he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like it's you. <laughs> it's literally yeah. you. And of course, you know, he gives her back the tips at the end and says that she deserves them, which is funny considering we know how much money she has, yep. um, but he's right. right. Like, she absolutely <laughs> deserves it more than he does at that point. Doesn't even begin to make up for the way right. that his family has treated her. <laughs> yeah. But they're getting there. They're getting there. And I love any and all scenes with Eugene and Sarah I know, <laughs> together. I, I like them just like having a beer here together at mm-hmm. the end. It's very cute. I love when she bosses him around. Uh-huh. I'm sure she. I'm sure she loves when she bosses him around. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, everything is happening in this cafe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that day, uh, we have Johnny. <laughs> I love the whole. Anytime the roses see him working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just what are you doing? <laughs> right. Don't don't pay attention. Um, we have Johnny working there. We have David, Stevie, and Jake getting potentially into a throuple but get instead of get breaking up and then we have alexis and moira doing some family bonding together hard as that is for them (laughs) yeah yeah it's such now that obviously now that we've seen season six to see where they've ended up you almost forget that they had this much trouble talking to Mm -hmm. one another to start with yep and we saw we've seen little hints of this throughout just how like not in sync they are with which David and Moira are more. Um, but here you kind of see like them just struggling, not mm-hmm. wanting to go. Like tr- both of them trying to get out of it. Yep. <laughs> Alexis is willing to do work to get <laughs> right? to do work to get out of it. Um, but I love when they kind of 
come together and then seen and yeah they they lean into it and they're like well if this is the only way that you know if we have to use questions to get to know one another then so be it that's what we're gonna right. do and they put in the effort and that's how they get to where they are in season six you know yes they're getting there can i talk about one more thing in this uh-huh <laughs> i know what you want to talk about so go ahead <laughs> can you just talk about dan levy's hair in this episode <laughs> and how perfect it is <laughs> I mean, is it ever far from perfect? <laughs> it is not ever far from perfect, but this episode, especially in the last scene at the cafe, mm-hmm. it is a work of art. <laughs> yeah, it is really good. And I can just stare at it for quite some time. <laughs> it's just a good look. That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, new car. <laughs> I did ask Leslie if we could spend 20 minutes talking about his hair, but I'll leave it at two minutes. It's probably for the best. (laughs) New car. They're getting a car. They're moving up in the world. They are. It's not a very nice car, but it is a car. Moira wants a boat. (laughs) Moira wants a boat. I do love this cold open, too, where Johnny's just trying to, he's Johnny, trying to get this family together to talk about buying a car and they just railroad right over <laughs> yep yep these are always generally just my favorite scenes anything with the four roses together oh, yeah. is always just quality entertainment and so yep you're right just another another really good one yeah and i actually love the second scene after this when they're like getting ready to go and david is just like secretly finding it so hilarious that they're going to try to go get a cheap car in what they're wearing <laughs> yes um, but I do have a one qualm with that scene. And that is them treating David's money as their own. I mean, I assume he must have agreed to it, but Well, he did agree to it, but then there's like this little moment where he said he says, "You mean my money?" and then Johnny immediately says, "The family money." Like, right. Which I get, we're all in this together, but we don't have to like rub it in. Right. Right. David is, of course, going to give them the money either way. Right. But yeah, it is his money. Yep. And he's given the money now we've seen a couple times, so like, mm-hmm. don't be mean about it. Yeah. <laughs> I really also hope that this means that they left the link, like, when they left, that the Lincoln went to him. <laughs> because it was bought with his money. <laughs> like... It was bought with his money. I hope he promptly sold it. <laughs> I know. I mean, I went for like a month that they drove that car around. And then they were like, no, no, we got to get it. Yep. They probably traded in both cars, got a nice new car, right? whatever. But just for maybe a month, I want those two just roaming around that town in the Lincoln. <laughs> but yeah, so they go to, to buy the car and they <laughs> outfit themselves <laughs> appropriately for that. They, they get somewhere closer to what they should be wearing. <laughs> Um, I like how Johnny asked Roland for hip clothing, and that's what he ended up in. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like that was intentional. I feel like oh yeah, Roland. Roland is not as dumb as no. people make him out to be, and he definitely knows what Johnny was saying because he specifically is like, "You wanna? You, you're saying I look like I don't have money." So I, I'm pretty sure that when Johnny changed it to being hip, Roland said, "I know just the thing." <laughs> yeah. He does, however, look exactly like every. 60 something 70 something year old man in indiana so good job (laughs) yeah yeah he looks like a farmer nailed the aesthetic (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep 
Um, and then we have Moira's accent. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, Catherine. <laughs> That's really what this episode is. It's just like a showcase of Catherine. <laughs> yes. There's so many, like, so many things with that scene, or the scenes in the car a lot, that you have to watch over and over again. <laughs> and I just love all the little details of her story of, like, what happened to your identical twin when they want her to <laughs> oh it's such a good Catherine moment yep this is another moment where you're like why didn't this win an emmy or get nominated for an emmy right how, how does she not have one yet for this yeah so good but it works out kind of yeah she talks them into a higher price but yes <laughs> i do love that she just can't let them get a really low price for her dignity <laughs> Right. But then by season five, she's discovered promo codes. So it's Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Alexis is trying to help out Ted. And what she thinks, to begin with, is getting a lady. Right. <laughs> but really, is getting kicked in the face by a goat. <laughs> but also maybe getting a lady. <laughs> but also maybe getting a lady. So I have one big question about this whole plot line. <laughs> Ted gets kicked by Lisa's goat in the face. We then find out Ted is hooking up with Heather, a different person, <laughs> who we then later learn has a goat farm. Mm -hmm. Is her name Heather Lisa? <laughs> Maybe Ted just has a thing for goat farmers. <laughs> Are there multiple goat farmers in Schitt's Creek? I would guess so, yes. <laughs> I just have so many questions about that. Like, he has his choice of goat farming ladies. <laughs> you do you, Ted. <laughs> anyway, Alexis is all for it so far. She mm -hmm. is into this situation for him. I love her teasing him and trying to, like, work it out. And she's, you know, asking him basically about his sex life. And he's like, I think we should keep it more professional. But she's still kind of pressing the line as much as she can um, I just like that aspect of their friendship that they're at yeah. that point where they can can kind of joke around about those sorts of things with each other because not not all exes really get to that point um, yeah. so it's nice for them yeah and right now she she feels like it's a nice thing to like celebrate his little conquest <laughs> uh, we'll see how that works out for her <laughs> yeah he he apparently dates Heather for quite a while, considering this is oh, you yeah. know pretty early in the season, and a whole season later he's still seeing her. So more than a whole season later, yeah. Wow. But uh, my favorite part of this episode mm -hmm. is the Stevie and David storyline mm -hmm. because it's very sweet. It is very sweet and very funny. But <laughs> um, I just like that this is like them. This is when they are f definitely friends. Yes. <laughs> Best friends. Um, it takes them a while to realize that themselves. <laughs> right. But um, we've now done all the should we be together. We've now had the guy that we're competing for. And now they kind of just come together and, and like they're friends. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite David and Stevie scenes, potentially my favorite besides now the car scene and start spreading the news, is the scene in the office when David comes in and finds out that Stevie's great aunt is dead. 
mm-hmm. because it's very sweet. It's very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and them just trying to like pretend not to care, but and then just be like, you know, actually I care. Um, and I want to be a good friend to you. Let me help you kind of thing. It's just. Right. But I need you to help me help you because I need you to tell me if this is what friends are supposed to do. Right. Like, yeah. That, that level of awkwardness really makes it work. Yeah. And I love the. Like, yeah. I love all his facial expressions when mm-hmm. he's like trying to navigate that. But like, I think that like he probably has said the first thing he said to other people, but sure. never like kept going. Right. Um, and how he like. You just see his face working through what he sh- he wants to say and, and should be saying. And right. then being like, basically like, did I get it right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Stevie's little smile when she says, mm-hmm. yes, that is what friends do. Yeah. She is, she's, she's proud of him. He worked it out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then he goes and puts on his funeral blacks and they go. As a good friend does. <laughs> it addressed the part. <laughs> um, but I love that whole... That whole interaction and then how he's there for her throughout the rest of the episode. Just, like, becoming that, like, almost protector of her. Yeah. As she kind of falls apart. Yeah. Her self-esteem really sort of, we see here, is not the best in, mm-hmm. in what she thinks of herself and what she's worried about she's going to become. And David is, as much as he struggles in this first scene to be, like, let me be there for you when she actually starts to fall apart about it he is very quick to jump in and Mm -hmm. responds so well you know and tells her you know she's she's not going to be maureen she's going to make different choices she's going to be great um you know he tempers it with a joke at the end because of course that's how they are um but he does such a good job of taking care of her when she really needs him to yeah and if nothing else he won't let her get buried in as bad a parking lot that's right it's important (laughs) and i think that's so great because you can hear in this episode like stevie doesn't have the greatest family i mean we don't hear Mm -hmm. about her parents ever um and she has maureen and then like the rest of her family is a disaster at least on one side so it's like this is kind of i think this is like where you're like oh stevie doesn't have anyone right now she be now it's like then this is her becoming a rose like yep the next step and i love that at the end when we get this guest appearance by julia chan that we get stevie being worried that the fact that she's taking over the motel makes her even more like maureen and that she's you know basically this is sealing her fate right that she's going to die alone basically um and instead it's exactly that gift that ultimately is going to take her in an entirely different direction right than what maureen did because if she didn't have the motel she wouldn't have partnered with johnny she wouldn't have gotten like all the self-esteem boost that comes from running it together and all of those things and so yeah and i don't like she wouldn't have become as much of part of that family as right as she is like right now she's just david's friend it's a big gift. <laughs> um, which episode is your favorite episode? I think it's got to be opening night, right? Uh, I think mine is new car. Oh, interesting. Uh huh. I love the the scene in the car dealership, and I love the Stevie and David scene. So yeah, 
it is a good balance of the humor yeah. and the emotion. Mm-hmm. They do a good job. But yeah, I do really love opening night. I just... I The cold open and the closing scene alone, I think, are part of it. But I love Drunk Johnny. I love Jake. I, I just... It's very mm. good. It's very good. <laughs> do you have a favorite line? I do. It's gotta be from the thruple. When... <laughs> I mean, first of all, I love sassy Johnny the waiter uh-huh. in general. Like when he tells Moira and Alexis that they will be getting their, their meals exactly as they are on the menu. Right. You know, like that's such a waiter sort of mood. Um, so I do love any of his parts of that. But in particular, I really love when he comes to the table or to talk to Jake and Stevie and David. And he says, I take it we'll be dining together as a group tonight. Or will you be taking turns? (laughs) I just love it. Pretty much sums up what's happening at that table. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a very spot on line. What about you? Um, I have two. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) I mean, you kind of had two too, so... (laughs) I hate when one of mine, though, is Moira. Because I can't say it like Moira. (laughs) And I don't refuse to try. Uh, But in the... Um, in opening night, when they are in the town council meeting, talking about extending aftercare for kids by half an hour, and she's, like, gunning for it to happen. And people think that she's just, like, you know, thinking about the working people. It really is what she's talking about, um, what it would do to the town to have all these kids running mm-hmm. the streets. And she says, is it really what we want for our town? Homeless toddlers? Tugging at your pant legs. <laughs> it's a very Moira concern. It is. And I love this, the whole thing around it. Like the minor, the dads are minors. And <laughs> Anyway. So that is my funny one. But I just, I just love that line of David's when he's talking to Stevie in new car about being a good friend and what he should be saying. And so he says, so I'm happy to help. That is what friends say to each other, right? <laughs> like, he's just so worried that he's not getting it right. Yeah. And she tells him that he is and is very sweet about it. And so I just love it. <laughs> well, let's talk about the fashion in these episodes. There's quite a lot of looks that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to start, I want to to start with, in opening night, David's double Neil Barrett look. All the Neil Barrett. He's wearing all the Neil Barrett at once. He's got that beautiful... I wouldn't often call Neil Barrett looks beautiful, but I think that this Intarsia sweater that he is wearing Mm -hmm. uh, is particularly beautiful and does wonderful things for his shoulders. (laughs) Um, And he's wearing it with the bleached Neil Barrett jeans, which I also particularly like. Uh, I think that it makes a really good balanced look together. Uh, It's one of my favorite looks of his from the whole show. Yes, I like that Neil Barrett look, and then I like the Neil Barrett Statue of Liberty sweatshirt mm-hmm. that's happening in New Car. Yeah, there's some there's some good looks, but I I do have one thing about David's. I think you have one thing about David's clothes in this, <laughs> and I have one thing about David's clothes in this, and that is the Dnax sweater mm-hmm. in um, the Thruple. Mm-hmm. Do I like it? Or do I hate it? <laughs> this is the one, if you don't know, this is the one in the opening scene. Mm-hmm. And it's got the, kind of looks like a frog. 
Uh, it's probably one of those things that's like, if you look at it, what you see in it. Um, and then it has an asymmetrical uh, like hemline. And I can't decide. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if it was just the pattern, I'd be fine with it. I don't love the hemline. It's kind of strange. But it's very David Rose. It is very David Rose. And he's wearing it with the skirted pants, which makes mm-hmm. it even weirder with the asymmetric thing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the thruple in general has some interesting looks. <laughs> that other sweater, the KTZ the sweater. The KTZ one, yeah. What is happening with that sweater? <laughs> yeah, not my favorite look of David's. No. It's a lot. There's a weird neckline on that thing, but anyway. The neckline is weird. It's like it's stretched out. You know what it looks like is, you know when there's those jackets that have the rolled up hood <laughs> in them? Kind of looks like it has one of those. But but it, even in the middle here, we get David's idea of workout clothing, <laughs> which is, I love, I love the track pants that he's wearing uh-huh. with like the ribbed thing happening on them. Yeah. Um, but he's wearing it with a Givenchy polo. And I just... What an interesting choice to work out. It's something you're going to sweat in. You're going yeah. to wear a white Givenchy polo. I mean... He owns t-shirts. <laughs> those probably cost more than this polo. You never know. <laughs> they, might. Uh, they might. I question all facets of this, including his squat technique. <laughs> so, I mean, actual squats, good job. Breathing technique, bad. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll just, you know, he's trying. <laughs> The other, oh, wait, the other Neil Barrett sweater, though, I also love. The plaid one. Oh, yes. I actually just, just today, yes, <laughs> bought a t-shirt with that, that, I bought a Neil Barrett t-shirt with that plaid on it. Um, very excited to get that. But yes, I do love that one. Yeah. In opening night. All the Neil Barrett. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, this is a, like a string of Neil Barrett here, yeah. Um. Elsewhere in non-David clothing, <laughs> one of my favorite Alexis looks is in the opening of the Thrupple, which uh-huh. is she's wearing cut-off denim shorts with oh, that yeah. tasseled Isabel Morant jacket mm-hmm. and the like aviator glasses. Yeah. I love that look. That's just like a perfect look. It's so good. I want that jacket. I know. it's it. I love a good like statement jacket, so... <laughs> She wears that one. She also, there's like the faux fur um, free people jacket that she wears mm-hmm. in Merry Christmas, Johnny Rose. Like oh, she, yeah. she does have some very good jacket looks. <laughs> yep. I also love that jean jacket she wears in. Uh... Mm-hmm. The puff sleeves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the jackets. Give me all the jackets. <laughs> I love a jacket. One of the funniest parts of uh, New Car, though, is where Moira is at the end standing next to david and he makes fun of her outfit and she says this is your outfit (laughs) um which i think a lot of people think she just means if they're standing next to each other and she is similarly dressed to what he's wearing at that moment right and i think people think it's funny because of that she's literally wearing his clothing literally his outfit (laughs) it is literally his zara man uh hoodie and Rick Owens pants and shirt. So yes. that's why it's actually funny. But it's also a little funny that they're dressed similarly. But there's some deeper humor there, folks. Deeper fashion humor. <laughs> Who doesn't love fashion humor? <laughs> we do. <laughs> I do have a minor fashion complaint about this episode, oh. however. <laughs> a nitpick, let's call it. Not even a complaint. 
which is that at the start of Nukar, as you were saying earlier, David's making fun of how they're dressed and that that's not going to get them any discounts. Mm -hmm. And he says that Moira's dress, which he bought for her, costs twice as much as the car they walked by. Uh Uh-huh. This is a Balenciaga dress. I don't I, I don't have a way to like tell you exactly how much it cost when it was originally for sale at retail. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go on like the Balenciaga site right now and look at their ready to wear dresses, um, most of them are in like the maybe two thousand dollar range. There's a few that are closer to like four. Yeah. But either way, there's no way that this dress costs twice as much as the car that she wants to no. buy. <laughs> Is it archival silk? No. Minor nitpick. <laughs> oh dear I think that was it I think that was all three episodes we ran right through them Um, so for next time so we are taking a week off because the next Saturday after this is July 4th and so we figured we would you know go spend it sitting in our houses hearing people shoot (laughs) off illegal illegal fireworks Um, so we will be back on July 11th and we will be talking about driving test, rooms by the hour, murder mystery, and general store. I love this run of four episodes. I think it is probably the most important series of four episodes of the mm-hmm. entire show. Yep. We might have to have a little longer of an episode. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Most. Yeah. And I think that there are episodes that people don't always think about being such right. an important part of the series yeah i don't think anyone would probably call any of these episodes their favorite episodes right but they are essential episodes Mm -hmm. and in the meantime as always be sure to check us out on twitter and instagram at shitfacepod and if you want to find us personally you can find me on twitter at leslie the baker and i am brandy and indy on twitter and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on apple Podcasts as it helps more people to find the show And with that, we will be back in two weeks to talk about a whole bunch of important episodes. And happy birthday, Leslie. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Everybody be safe over the holidays, whether you're celebrating the 4th here or Canada Day or whatever. Just, you know, a summer weekend. Be safe. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.